I'm Kevin Hillier. Welcome to the Legal Minefield podcast, a podcast that gives you direct access to a man with decades of experience in the legal profession. That man is John Mellier. You can contact him directly via our email address, info.thelegalminefield at gmail.com. It's that simple. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Legal Minefield podcast. John, welcome. Uh, how's your week been the last couple um, of weeks? Uh, good, Kevin. Hectic, um, full on with um, a lot of court work, but um, good otherwise. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Now, we talked about work injuries in the last episode and that uh, we, we said that was a legal minefield. Well, I think we found another one and it might actually be even harder to uh, to explore, but I'm sure you'll, you'll explain it to us. We're going to go oh. into the area of the TAC and traffic accidents and that whole can of worms. Yeah. So, so um, look, we'll go into it and um, we'll do a deep dive and see what we can, um, how we can break it down for the listeners. Well, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with um, explaining? Start, might, start, might, might start by explaining what it is. So yep. um, in 1986, the Transport Accident Act first appeared on our on our um, shelves and um, everything. So it took over, I think everyone rem- remembers the old motor vehicle accident board or something like that it used yeah, to be called. Yeah. And then, you know, it was pretty easy for people to get compensation or, pretty easy for people to uh, run into other people and get claims um, with the transport accident legislation. Um, we had the dawning of a no-fault system. So effectively what that means is you pay your rego, which everyone has to pay and we all grumble about it, but <laughs> the key chunk of that is the insurance fee to the TAC, so you're covered. So that means you're covered for um, any transport accidents that you may or may not be involved in um, in terms of, uh, A, um, costs and treatment and, B, um, liability ultimately. So um, that's what the system's about. It's a no-fault system. And effectively, like the workers' compensation system in Victoria, the TAC can provide you with um, assistance with income so uh, payment of wages while you're off work, recovering from your car accident yeah. uh, for a certain period. Then there's medical-like services and expenses. So it'll be medical treatment, rehabilitation, um, physiotherapy, et cetera, whatever treatment you might need, um, assistance at home, aids, appliances, they do all that. Then there's the statutory entitlements, which are impairment benefits. So if you have... After 12 months and the injury, after the accident, 12 months have passed and the injury is permanent, it's not going to get any better, it's not going to improve, and you've got a 10% impairment, and I'll go through all that, we'll, we'll break it down into yeah. something easy to explain. You can get a um, payout of some impairment money from the TAC for permanent impairment. And then if your injury is serious or a serious injury, then um, like we discussed with the workers' compensation, there's a common law compensation pathway with the TAC. Um, so in a nutshell, that's the the, the, the services and the compensation system that's available with um, car accidents in Victoria. Okay. So a couple of questions off that. Is, is it means tested? Mm, um, it's not means tested, but there is a there are thresholds that, that exist in terms of how much they'll pay. Yep. I think it's around about 90%. Um, of your, your your sort of wages that you used to earn, so it is capped. Um, it gets, there's a cap. Of it some is capped. Yep. Okay. Yes, and it gets a bit it gets a bit trickier for people who are self-employed, 
um, of course, because it's harder to um, work out what they're entitled to in their wages. Um, so, yes, that does happen. Yep. And the, the people, the other side of the TAC, and it's not just the legal side, the other side is they've got a big, they play a big role in um, road trauma and safety. You know, they run a lot of projects with that. They do, of course, they're world famous for their advertising that yeah. we all remember and seen, pretty yep. gruesome stuff and realistic advertising. So they're world famous for that. Um, and all the uh, rehabilitation and other services that they provide to Victorians, you know, in the, through the public system and other systems, which, um, you know, are world class. Uh, you know, it's nothing like that in some other countries. So, mm. um, you know, all in all, that's what the TAC do. So um, it, it, it's, you know, not a perfect system, but it's it's a pretty good one. Yeah. The, um, you mentioned that it's covered off by what you pay in your rego. Now, I've got a, I got a Holden and uh, I pay whatever it is uh, rego on that. My mate's got a Merc. <laughs> he would clearly pay a lot more. Does that, is there any? It's the same. Yeah, no, okay. It's the same. The yep. premium is the same for everyone. Okay. So the premium's the same. And then there are the Vic Roads charges and fees that, bump up or deep bring down your rego depending on what type of car you drive. So um, that's how it works. Um, effectively, everyone gets pays the same premium, so we're covered. So you need to make sure you pay your rego. That's the first thing, yep. to make sure you've got coverage. Otherwise, you won't be covered, um, which, you know, could lead to all sorts of issues if you're not able to work for a while. Yeah. And just, just so, so people understand, this is totally separate to vehicle damage and all that stuff. This yeah, is actual yeah. personal. So what you, what you must understand is this is about personal injury. So injury to your body, um, you know, if it might be as simple as a whiplash. It might be complex as um, significant road trauma. It's personal injury to your body that you've sustained in a motor vehicle accident or collision. Yeah. So that that that's why it's important to make sure you know you keep your rego going. The obvious question there is: I'm the registered driver of the car. You're in the car with me. I have an accident. You'll yep. You'll also be covered. Okay. So you'll also be covered for that. The only time you will not be covered by the TAC is if you commit a criminal offence um, or a criminal act. You know, for example, driving dangerously. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, doing something illegal, taking drugs or being drunk driving, stuff like that, you won't be covered. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and that's fair enough. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and look, we know that there's been over the years and there probably still will be forever and a day people who've, who've tried to rot this system and, and used it to their advantage. Is Has it become a harder system because of that or has it become a, a cleverer system because of that from the way they I, approach I think people? It's, yeah, I think Kevin, it's become a more um, it's become a more clever system. Um, the way that they have impairment assessments and the way you have procedures and processes in place, which we'll go through shortly, uh, makes it difficult to try and scam, you know, the TSC. Yeah. Having said that, there you know there are still people out there that you know they'll ring up someone they know and say running run the car into the back of me and then go off to the doctor and put a claim, you know, it, that still goes on. But they get weeded out pretty quickly yeah. these days uh, because the TSC has access to medical records, medical history. Um, they, they'd also, if they have to get you followed and check you out and investigate what's going on, and they will catch up with you. So it's not worth doing that. Yeah, um, rightly it's so. They should worth. too. Rightly yeah, so. Yeah, so they should. They should, they, they should um, you know, it's not the system's there to help when you need it. 
And believe me, if you're unfortunate enough to be in a bad accident, you need it. Well, take um, us through the procedure, John, in terms of, okay, I have an accident right. and I'm in hospital. So the, yeah, so the first thing that will have to happen um, would be the accident will have to be reported to the police. That's one of the key requirements. And that would have happened, I would assume, you know, if you're taken away by ambulance, the police will attend the scene and start a report. So that will happen. And then you've got to make the claim, which you can do online. TSC has got a very good online claim process. You can fill in the claim form and send it away mm-hmm. online. Click a button. Very good. They get back to you. Um, they're very good with that. So so that works. And um, the other thing to make sure is that, you you know, if you need time off work and you can't work, you you either get certificates from the hospital, TAC certificate or infant capacity or from your GP um, to put in for the time that you, you're unable to work so you get paid. So what will happen is um, you'll get your, you know, weekly payments of compensation while you're unable to work. You'll then be able to apply as well for your medical and like services that you need. There'll be a threshold. I'm I'm not exactly sure of the figure at the moment, but I think it's like $490. Once you've paid the first $490 of a claim, then they take over yep. and they pay that. So they pay everything from, you know, doctor's visits, medication, um, physiotherapy, allied health services, whatever you need, they'll do it. And they're pretty good with that. So they're the basic compensation things that you can get to help you get back on your feet after the accident. Yep. And then there's what's called impairment benefits. So impairment benefits are, and I think we touched on this with the workers' compensation, is there's a statutory um, scheme or table of a table that provides for um, permanent impairment. So if you get a 10% permanent impairment or more of your body part from the accident, then you'll be entitled to some form of lump sum compensation. Okay, without having to go into court and battle and do, do anything. The 10% is based on the American Medical Association guides to the valuation of permanent impairment, the famous AMA guides that we were talking about with the work cover. Um, so it works out, you know, they do the assessment and an and a, and a approved assessor for the TSC will work out what your impairment is. You get 10%, Bob's your uncle, you get your, you get your compensation. Um so that, that's how that system works. Then there's um, common law compensation. Now, common law compensation is basically what we're talking about, um, you know, pain and suffering, loss of enjoyment of life, um, all those sorts of things as a result of the, the injury. Now, to be eligible for common law compensation, uh, someone else, another party has to be at fault. Uh, okay. So even though that's the negligence side, so even though it's a no-fault system, when it comes to the common law, someone will have to be at fault or be negligent. So they would. So have you get to, to a certain point, and once you go past that point, that's when it becomes almost yes, a civil suit. It does, but the TAC will will still represent you. Oh, okay. Okay, unless there's been something that that involves some sort of criminal activity or or something that's not right. So, for example. Being at fault might be failing to give way at a stop sign. Might be as simple as that. Yeah. Or it might be running into the back of another vehicle. Could be as simple as that. So that's, that's what we're looking at, fault. And then your injury has to meet the legal definition of serious injury. Um, so it, it, it effectively, um, 
before we go on to serious injury, there's um, it could also be partial fault or contributory negligence. So when one or more or another party might be responsible for the accident, so it might be more than one car oh, involved. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so that could happen as well. So it's important to touch on that. But um, the TAC legislation um, defines what a serious injury is under the Transport Accident Act 1986. Um, it could be a single injury or a combination of injuries, which means a combination of body parts that are affected that contribute to an impairment of 30% or more. Um, and they have to be, the injuries have to be a result of your transport accident. Okay. So they have to have been caused by that accident. Yep. So the, the serious injury test looks at your injuries and then it looks at the long term impact of the um, transport accident has on your life. And there's um, a whole series of case law uh, throughout the years since 1986 as to what a serious injury is and the definitions and the hurdles. Um, so, again, that get, can be all, um, assessed depending on where you fit within that scope. Yeah. And effectively, if they gr- agree, they'll grant you what's called a serious injury certificate. So, like the workers' compensation, the gateway thing is to get a serious injury certificate from the TAC, so you'd apply for one and they'll have you assessed and determine whether you get one or not. Now, if they knock you back with a serious injury certificate, you'd issue proceedings in court to try and get a court to give you grant you a serious injury certificate, which means you go to court, you see a personal injury lawyer, and they'll organise all that for you. So you're going to court against the TAC, not against the person? You are against the TAC, and you want them to say that you've got your injury is serious and you've got a serious injury, and then that way they grant you the, um, you know, the judge can has the power then to grant the certificate or not. Okay. Um, if the judge grants you the certificate, then they go into a whole series of processes and conference stages to try and uh, negotiate and settle the, the claim for compensation ultimately. Are those monies paid as a lump sum? They are. They're yeah. paid as a lump sum. Okay. But that's it. Once you settle that claim, that's it for a day for that accident. You can never, ever come back and claim for those injuries for common law damages. Or, or loss of enjoyment of life, loss of wages, economic loss. Um, what you can do is you can still be entitled to medical like treatment. That will cease if the TAC makes a determination that you no longer require it. Oh, okay, so that, basically, you'd still be doing your physiotherapy or your yeah, whatever you'd still it be is. doing your okay, yeah, still doing your physiotherapy and whatever it is that you need. You'd be doing that. You'd be be having that happen. Um, what happens then is it's a matter for whoever's looking after your claim at the TAC to work out whether or not they um, want to, um, um, you know, assess you, get one of their doctors to see if you still need the physio. So if you're having, for instance, if you've been having physio for like five years and nothing's happened, you're not getting any better, TAC aren't going to continue to keep paying it. Yep. They're going to say to you, well, it's not working. Why don't we try something else? <laughs> so, so that is a situation then where they will then terminate that treatment. And if you don't like that, you can then um, appeal that decision to VCAT and um, try and see if you can get your um, medical-like treatment for physio or whatever it may be that they've terminated, reinstated. But um, nowadays they have their own panel of experts who assess everything and say, look, you know, if you've been having physio for 10 years or five years, it doesn't work, then it ain't going to work. So. Yeah. 
Okay. That's their rationale. That's why they do it. But then, you know, we might have um, the client or the injured person might have a doctor who says, well, hang on a minute, it's keeping them up on their feet. And without it, they're not going to be able to do what they were doing. So hang on a minute, we may need to reconsider it. So yeah, it's a maintenance thing, not a cure. Correct. There's always two sides to every every story, as you know. So yeah. um, that's it. So in a nutshell, that's what you can claim and all the benefits and entitlements you can get with the TAC. What are the mistakes, the common mistakes that people make when they're going through this process, John? All right, number of mistakes. First one is one, not to have reported the injury to Victoria Police, okay? Two, not to lodge the claim form within a reasonable time, you know, having a... You know, having an accident and then a year later putting in a claim, that's not a smart thing to do. Um, and the third thing is not going to see a personal injury lawyer. And as I always say, we've got very good personal injury lawyers in Victoria and um, they're very good with these type of claims and TAC work and they'll be able to give you advice, uh, in particular advice about your specific case and claim. Yep. And, and they're pretty good and they can help you deal with the TAC. So they're the three sort of things I would look at that people make mistakes. They um, don't report it to police. They don't um, put in a claim in a timely manner and they don't go and get professional help to deal with the claim because it can be overwhelming. You're dealing with an injury. You're trying to get on your feet. You've got your family to look after as well. And it's difficult. So, you know, getting help is always a, a, a good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Are the uh, police obviously, uh, uh, I mean, uh, good in this area? Um, in terms yeah, they are. They're pretty. They're pretty good at. Um, they're pretty good at putting police reports up pretty quickly online, etc. Yeah. So they're pretty good at doing that. Um, if it's a serious injury and they're investigating, it's going to take longer. Yeah. If it's, if it's a, the other thing I should point out, they're also the TAC will also assist with fatalities as well. So if there's been a fatal death, you know, in a road. As a result of a road accident, they'll there's you can claim you know they'll assist with funeral costs and benefits, and there's a death benefit that gets paid as well. Yeah, to the um, beneficiary or the uh, surviving spouse or partner. So that that's another thing that you can be claimed um, as well. In terms of the when you say once you've been paid out that that disability money uh, or the impairment money from the TAC, that that's the final chapter that's, of the book. That's it. That's it for that particular accident and yep. incident. Okay. So there will be always a release which will bring it to an end. Yep. There's no way there's no way known that TSC will leave that open ended. And that's why it's important at that time when you're settling your claim for compensation, you've got someone you know, a personal injury lawyer to help you guide you through that. Because we see so much in law these days that if you don't get the result you want, you just keep going back and having a crack at it every five seconds. Yeah, you can't you can't get you can't come back. Yeah. Once you've settled settled it, that's it. Yep. Now the 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 unfortunate thing, and it has happened to some people, they've had one bad accident, and then unfortunately they've had another one down yeah. the track after they've settled everything. And that's when it becomes complicated as to which part of the old injuries stopped or ceased, and the new injuries took over? Oh God! And whether they're intermingled in the current presentation as to what how the client is presenting with their impairment and injury, or has there been an intervening 
incident in between. So there, it's very complex and that's a very complex issue, but it does happen to people and it's unfortunate. But again, they should see a um, expert personal injury lawyer in that field in TAC work who deals with those sorts of issues can help try and work it out. They're ultimately medical issues and medical questions and they're ultimately issues for if the TAC uh, knock it back, uh, cross-examination of medical practitioners in a, in a witness box to determine, well, I think it stopped here, but then they had this accident and they've now got this and they're worse. Yeah. So, okay. But it's not from the original accident because remember in personal injury law, you, you might have heard the expression, you take your victim as you find them. So it's, it, it, it's basically bad luck. If they've already got pre-existing issues and you make them worse, you're liable. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. Is it a is it a process that uh, is done quickly? Is it done uh, takes a long time, or do, is no, each, each one's yeah, different? Yeah, the, the, the common law each one's different. Uh, common law, you've got six years to make the claim. Okay. If you don't make the claim within that six year period, you're statute barred. So remember, we were chatting about limitation periods. Yeah, yeah. That's your, that's your limitation period. If you don't within six years from the date of the accident, you're out. Yeah. And it's very difficult to then try and go back to court and seek the leave of the court to allow you to put a claim at a time because you're already behind before you begin. Yeah, and I would imagine even if it's something like a mental problem that is developed, there will be all sorts of complications with that as to whether the accident caused that or whether that's uh, been a result of post-accident uh, stress or whatever yep. whatever that yep. might be. Yeah. And, is, and, is, and is the PTSD as a result of it, post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. as a result of the accident, is that an injury in itself or is it a what they call a sequelae of the original event? And they're issues wow. that have to be determined. Yeah. yeah oh, wow. That's, that, but, so, <laughs> yes, that's, yes. That's what, that is, boy, oh, boy, is that a line in the sand argument? Yes, yes. Wow. And then the issue then comes down to medical opinion. Yeah. Right, as to when, what started, when and when it finished. And um, it might take six years to get to that point just before the cutoff that yeah. you might have developed that down the road. Yeah. Because you've got to remember people are being subjected to horrific trauma in road accidents. Oh. Horrific trauma. Yeah. And and they're seeing things or, or being put through things that, you know, you, most people hopefully touch wood don't have to, to see in their lifetime, but there are a lot of people who do. Yeah, well, just, I mean, think about how you feel when you see the footage of a car rolling and, and smashing into something. You just, what you feel then is, but imagine being inside that car. Oh, actually. And then, look, look on, a, on, a, on a side note, then, and, and I don't know if a lot of people think of this, but then you got to think of all the emergency response workers, paramedics, firefighters, police, who attend these things and yep. see all these things. And then what they have to live with and take away with them. As well, um, you know. So, and and then the cost to the community, how it impacts the community overall. You know, that's someone's brother, someone's mother, father, sister, yeah. brother, um, daughter, son. It it has a long the road toll has a long lasting effect and legacy on people. And the do community. they do they go to the TAC for compensation if they find themselves with yeah, that? Yeah, they do. They yeah, can. Yeah. Okay. So if they were, if, makes sense. If there's a death claim and you're you know, you can make a claim for death benefits. Um, if there's significant road trauma and maybe they were present and they saw the, the, the loved one die in the accident, yeah, yeah, they've got the right to claim. Wow. 
It is obviously a very tricky field, but obviously, as you say, and we, we mentioned this in, in a and, few and of the episodes, there's yeah, experts were, in the field. There's experts in the fields, and this is just general advice of a general nature. Yeah, and if you've got something specific to do with a transport accident issue, go and see a, a personal injury lawyer and get some proper advice. Yep. And again, all of them will do no win, no fee. So oh, go, okay. and, go and see them. It doesn't cost you anything to see them. Yep. And if you have a question for this very learned man that uh, I've been talking with for the last 20 minutes or so, info.thelegalminefield at gmail.com. It's a fascinating uh, subject, isn't it? It's a, it is, a, I mean, we mentioned this with the work one, but th- this one is a minefield as well. This this just, one is a minefield. It's just, um, you know, there's so many directions it can go in and there's so many issues to consider. Um it impacts everyone, road trauma. Does the so. does the actual law change has changed very much since eighty six? Yes, it has. There's been significant changes in terms of um, working out what the definition of serious injury is. Uh, okay. Um, for example, many cases have been run to work out what is a serious injury, what isn't. Um, issues as to what's a reasonable medical and like service, all these sorts of things yeah. have, have, have gone through the years and through the court systems. But a majority of of, of matters should be straightforward. And um, a lot of them should be, if someone's got an impairment, well, they got an impairment. And yeah. TSC, they need to just work out how much. Yeah. Um, but again, um, it's happening out there every day of the week. Yes, all too frequently, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, drive carefully, take care, and until you, we see you the next time, uh, it's been a pleasure as always, John. Thank you for your time. You too, Kevin. Thank you. And stay safe. Thank you. If you have a question, by all means send it to info.thelegalminefield at gmail.com. We'd be more than happy to hear from you. And any other comments you have, please share them on our Facebook page or send us an email. Till the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier. 